Welcome back to the Ball Hawks podcast. We are back for the post week two podcast. We're recording this about an hour, maybe two hours before the start of Niners Giants, which we're very, very excited for in some places here, but maybe another side is not as excited for it. But hey, you never know what happens in football. It's football. We're going to talk a little bit about the games that have come this week, but mainly talk about the games that happened last week. And Jesse, let's get started. Yes, sir. So, yeah, welcome back again, guys. We had week two last week. And all of our road, all of our teams uh, caught a road win, so that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, we'll start with the first game though, the Thursday night slate. We had the Minnesota Vikings against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, now this was a game that I thought the Vikings really had a shot to win because to me they're one of those teams that they play very mediocre. It seems sometimes when they're expected to win they don't, and then when they go against a tougher opponent uh, they do really well. So. I had actually them winning this game on NFL Pick'em, so I wasn't surprised that you know it ended up being a one-possession game. Uh, and throughout the game, you know, we talked last week uh, about DeAndre Swift and Jack. I think he, uh, I think he took what you were saying a little bit personally. He heard me. And he had a career game. You know, he finished with 175 yards. And the touchdown. So I bet all fantasy owners that had him on the bench, including me, were in, t- were in tears after this game. After the previous week, he had like two carries. Uh, so yeah, that was a big reason why Philly was so successful was their run game. It wasn't a great game from Jalen Hurts. Uh, he didn't look like he did coming off of last season. And he's just not been what I call himself in the first two weeks. Uh, you know, he's just looked... Kind of very methodical, I guess. Uh, nothing really explosive going on right now. Um, but he did connect with Devontae Smith, who ended up with 131 yards. So he did have a good game. But, yeah, uh, to me it just seems like the Eagles, you know, we're, they're good. We Everyone expected them to be good. And they're kind of just taking off from last year. But you would really like to see Jalen Hurts uh, kind of ramp it up here and come back to – his, you know, talk about MVP form last season. And then you look on the other side, and, you know, Justin Jefferson does Justin Jefferson things. Uh, finished with 11 receptions, 159 yards. Like, he's just crazy out there. Uh, he does what he does. And Kirk Cousins, I feel bad for the guy. You know, he goes out and plays a crazy game in a game that his O-line sucked. I mean, it has sucked for a while, but he has no help from his O-line. He's back there in the pocket just like Russell Wilson was in them Seattle days, running around, trying to find Jefferson down the field while being covered by Darius Slay and Bradbury and everywhere. Literally down there somewhere. And he just manages to find a way to get the Vikings back in the game. You know, you talk about that fourth quarter, uh, and the third quarter, third, fourth quarter, and they're down, what, 20 to 7? And then they make a game out of it. So I just think it really speaks to uh, the Vikings as a team. And although they're 0-2, I think they're a lot better than that record and you know I, I just think if they get more more play from their defense they can really they can really take a step but of course that's probably not gonna happen I think they're a lot more talented than their record I don't know if they're actually better than their record I, I personally think the Vikings are who we thought they were yeah they team offensively can't run the football no at all <laughs> there's a reason why they went out there and traded for Cam Akers they Alexander Madison wasn't much of a factor I don't really expect Cam Akers to be a factor um, running behind that offensive line, I mean, 
I think the stat was, what was it, week one? He had, like, 22 carries for, like, 28 yards. Yeah, for Cam Akers, it was 22 for 29 in week one yeah. against Seattle. Yeah, not, we got that run D now. <laughs> yeah. it's, not good, it's not a good run defense. It's not a great run defense yeah, at all. It was a healthy and active against the Niners this past yeah. weekend. The writing was on the wall. It, I mean, we, th- we thought it was on the wall last year, yeah. really. I don't know how – I honestly don't really know how he managed to even make the roster this year for the Rams, given what happened last year. But now the Vikings gave Alexander Madison the keys to the run game. Very quickly decided, you know what, we were wrong. I mean, they turned the ball over five times in this game. Not all. I'm not obviously all on Madison. He had two fumbles. Jefferson had one. Kirk had one. It was just if they don't turn the ball over as many times as they did, they probably win this football yeah. game. And but yeah, that's exactly what the Vikings are going to be. They're going to find ways to lose this year. Is yeah. the kind of vibe that I'm getting. The, the Vikings are kind of like thinking the Vikings is kind of like, man, I don't want to make this comparison because they're they're not quite that level. Like the Chargers, like that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like there's a team they're gonna always be competitive. They have really premier talent at premier positions, yet they'll stay in the game, stay in the game. But you kind of know what the result is gonna be. They're gonna find a way to lose football games, and unfortunately for them, like they have one of the best passing attacks in the game, one of the best receivers in the game. Jordan Addison has been proven to live up to that first round pick billing, but. Unfortunately for them, their defense, I haven't really seen anything from that defense that is going to lead you to believe that it's going to be even better. And we didn't see that last year. Last year. So they're just a team that has talent on paper. They have the names offensively on paper. But if they want to win football games, they're going to have to play defense. And, you know, honestly, the Vikings kind of remind me of what Seattle's been like for the last decade. Uh, It always seemed like with Russell Wilson, you know, we get out to those really slow starts basically effectively doing nothing in the first half uh, for most of the season, just throughout the weeks. And then it always seemed like Russell Wilson had that switch in the second half. And the Vikings, to me, just remind me of of what Seattle looked like, you know. I I go back to that divisional match against Green Bay like three or four years ago where we were down like 23 at halftime, Mm -hmm. and then we managed to get it to a one-score game with like two minutes to go. And I think, yeah, you know, like, uh, Kirk Cousins just has that mm-hmm. that switch, kind of like Wilson does, he, he, where he can go yeah, out and make plays player. at uh, any time, uh, and especially the second half. So. Unfortunately for Kirk, it's just one of those situations where um, defenses know what they're trying to His do. His target is. There's no secret, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so but that hasn't stopped st- him, It hasn't though. stopped him thus far, and they're still producing points. They're putting up big numbers, but what's most important wins, and they're not winning. And I think I'm going to channel my inner Jack Gross here with the stats. Um, according to NFLSavant.com, this paints the pictures of what the Vikings are a team this year and might be for the rest of the year. Through two weeks, they have 25 offensive rushing plays. Mm-hmm. That's dead last in the NFL. Yeah. Look at how many passing plays they have. 92nd, that's fourth in the NFL. Yeah. So that kind of paints the picture of what they are as a team. You need to run the ball in this league to be successful. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, as the West Coast offense has evolved and it's become more passing dominant, right. uh, you still need that run game to hold those defenses honest and accountable. So, and At the very least, even if you're not running the ball, you have to hold on to the ball. Yes. Yeah. Which they clearly If you do. can't run the ball... Alexander Madison doesn't... Yeah. If you can't run the ball and you're going to turn the ball over, it's not going to be a recipe for success. Uh, moving on to the Ravens and Bengals... Uh, Lamar Jackson, he looked really good in this game, and I think that, you know, he keeps this up. Uh, the Ravens are, are going to be legit this year, and if he can stay healthy, that's even the bigger question. Uh, yeah, I, like, he looked good this, this game against uh, division rival, you know, finished two touchdowns, 237 yards. Didn't turn the ball over, which is big for him, because, you know, when he takes off, he has, 
he has those plays where he dazzles people and you know can make three or four guys miss but he also has uh, a little bit of fumble trouble sometimes and ball security he likes to have like the Walter Payton loaf of bread carry sometimes and defenses pick up on that but uh moving on to the Bengals side um Joe Burrow you know it was it was a better performance than last week against the Browns uh, but it's still, you know, it just wasn't enough to get it done. And whether that's his calf injury that's hindering him, we don't know that. Uh, there's talks, you know, obviously that he might might not play this week. We don't know yet uh, that he could be put on IR. So that's a developing story that I think is really important to, uh, to keen in on. Um, but, yeah, you know, he didn't really get much help out there from the run game. Uh, Joe Mixon was... Average at best, averaging four and a half yards a carry on only 13 carries. So for the Bengals, you know, I think they're in a place right now where they're kind of struggling because they want to have a healthy Joe Burrow and they want to compete, but they also don't want to, like, rush him into things because he's their franchise, you know. He just goes out and gets that big contract, and you don't want to rush a guy like that who's the face of your franchise into meaningless games uh, at the start of the season if he's not 100%. But so I think issue, how they handle this right, is right. going to determine uh, their season, basically. But here's the issue. Uh, you said that, you know, and I agree with you. Yeah. I think you invest that much capital into the face of your franchise. Let's face it. Um, Joe Burrow has changed that trajectory of the franchise. And so when you have a health issue like that, like you said, injury like that, you want to ease them back into it. Here's the problem. They're already 0 and 2. Yeah. They're they're now no more. They lost the two divisional with, games. Yeah, two divisional. There. This is no longer a situation where it's meaning. Like every football game after this is going to mean something in terms of them making the playoffs and then potentially being a AFC juggernaut, which they've been the last two years. Now you have a situation now. Your quarterback is clearly not healthy. The team as a whole is not playing well. Your star wide receiver is not playing well, and that's. Pretty much because of Burrow's performance. Yeah, let's be uh, he honest. Yeah. As a receiver, your production... You only do up. so much. Yeah. yeah. So this is a team that's in a very tricky situation because it's do you prioritize the trajectory of your franchise and long-term health of your franchise quarterback, or do you still want to win now and still have the success now? And that's the decision that they're going to have to make. Yeah, I mean, I, we didn't get to watch too much this game, me, at least me and Joe anyway. Jesse, I'm sure you saw at least a little bit of it. Um, but, I mean, the, th- the thing that worries me right now for Cincinnati in the short term, is that they have one quarterback not named Joe Burrow on their roster. Will Cryer just got signed by the Patriots. So their only quarterback outside of Joe Burrow right now is Jake Browning. If Joe Burrow is not able to go, you got Jake Browning starting, and as of right now, no backup. Yikes. (laughs) This is a a situation where I can unfortunately see this season for the Bengals kind of... Falling off the rails. This could be a down year, and it happens. Look, this is the National Football League. This is a team the last two years that's made a Super Bowl appearance and has made an AFC Championship appearance. That is pretty good back-to-back years. In the NFL, that doesn't happen a lot for some franchises. There are franchises that have made it to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl and not gotten back there in a long time, the New York football giants, until last year, happily. But So this is a situation where I think the Bengals could just have that down year that every team has. Every good team, I feel like the last... Let's think of, like, for example, I feel like the franchise that we could point to is the 49ers. They got Mostly hurt. injuries. They got hurt. Stuff exactly. happens. Yeah. They came back the next year. They were good. They exactly. came back the year after that. They were good. They were good this year. Exactly. And, and I think year, the bad. schedule hasn't favored, health hasn't 
favors Cincinnati, and the schedule has it favors Cincinnati. And the thing that's with the, you know, the down years is that a lot of the time, the way to stop down years from happening is by having that elite quarterback, right. which the Bengals have. The issue is that he's, he's hurt. the one that's hurt. And when the elite quarterback is the one that gets hurt, it's gonna that's going to cause the down year. Yeah. The reason the Niners one was so interesting was that they didn't have the elite quarterbacks. So they just had they had so many more injuries that right. had to pile on to it. And but it, it's kind of like a I feel like when you have a team that you're a fan of and it's like one injury and there's another injury and then they kind of compile on each other. That really affects the morale of the team and the success of the team. Yeah. And to me, it's it's really interesting, uh, you know, just looking at how they handled it because maybe he wasn't even like he pro- obviously wasn't 100 percent going into the season. But how healthy was he really? Because, you know, he got that injury the last week of July right. and missed the entire preseason. Um, but how healthy was his calf, like, actually going into the season? We don't know that. We don't know that. So, yeah, I mean, whether he plays or not this week, uh, I guess will be the deciding factor. And if they if they choose to rest him, that's kind of like you, like you guys were alluding to, the fact that it's going to be, I guess, a tank year for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, moving on, we got my Seahawks at Detroit. All right, so last week I torched my team and basically called out a lot of people. Uh, this was very different game than I thought it would go. Uh, I was, I was first of all, I was not expecting this to be a close game. I thought Detroit would manhandle us. Uh, when you lose both your starting tackles. It just completely destroys an offense. Like one, okay, you know, you, maybe you could move the tight ends, move the running backs, get that extra protection. But when you lose both tackles, you're kind of screwed. Uh, so I was really impressed with how Jake Curhan and Stone Forsythe came in and did a masterful job. You know, we have to take a look at this. Gino had one sack, and that was his fault, where he went, like, 20 yards back, and instead of throwing it away, he just, like, fell to the ground. But other than that, you know, he got one hit on him. And for two starting tackles that were backups, like, I just, I couldn't believe their performance. Uh, you go against Aiden Hutchinson, and he, they basically erased him from the game. Like, he was not a factor at all. And so I was just really impressed uh, of how they came in and played. And then you look at Gino, you know, last week, he said it was on him. Uh, he didn't have a great game. You know, he, he was efficient in some drives, but he put the blame on him. He said he needed to be better, and he was better. Threw for over 300 yards on this Lions defense, uh, you know, a couple touchdown passes, and I think he really came off of what his campaign was last year, winning Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, and that just showed. You know, I had no doubts that Geno uh, would pick up right where he left off. He had a very... Uh, strong season last year, and I think it raised a lot of eyebrows and proved some of the doubters wrong uh, from, you know, his years as, as the Jets and whoever, the Giants, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about this today in class. This is a little off topic, but uh, after this Thursday night uh, game against uh, 49ers, we have you guys Monday night. Um, and I feel like the, uh, the storyline kind of that hasn't came out yet, but will be, is Gino coming back, playing New York at New York. Yeah. Was the backup there, started, you know. <laughs> My question is, why did the Giants get three, three primetime games in the first four weeks? <laughs> Damn. My question is not with any team, but, like, you know. Um, <laughs> Drew's happy about it. Um, no, I'm actually, no, I'm you're not. not. What do you mean? I'm not. Oh, okay. Because he, he doesn't want to be nationally embarrassed. 99% of the time, if you're... A team like the Giants, 
uh, or a team that is playing on Sunday night, you're probably playing against a very good opponent. And being a team like the Giants who are not quite there yet, playing against these really good opponents on prime time, that means you're getting exposed a lot. And as a fan of that said team, it can be very painful when your team on the national stage is getting beat by a lot. <laughs> cough, cough against the Cowboys. And so we have, we're not getting into that game yet, but uh, I don't know how we got to this, but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was about to go my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to wrap, wrap, Wrapping up my thoughts, though, uh, one guy I want to shout out as well is uh, Trey Brown. You know, he had a terrible week one performance against the Rams. Gave up hefty, hefty numbers in the passing game. And he comes back in this game, picks off Jared Goff with a pick six, and records a sack. I think that was a telling tale along with the tackle play of how he was able to bounce back. And then finally, we get to see Devin Witherspoon make his NFL debut. And I got to be honest, he looked really good. Uh, he had a couple crucial, crucial fourth down pass breakups uh, that took the lines off the field and gave this. Uh, gave Seattle the ball in good field, field position. Uh, yeah, he had that one flea flicker that beat him, but I mean, you got to expect that from a rookie. He hasn't he hasn't seen any NFL action and probably hasn't seen that play before. So I, I was really impressed by what he was able to do, and I think just Seattle as a whole as a whole being able to go into Detroit for the first uh, road game and win that after they just came off and beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I think it's a cementing game. For the Seahawks season and you know if they were to lose this game and go start 0-2 uh, I think there would be a lot more yeah. questions than answers but right now we have a lot more answers and questions in yeah. Seattle so I'm really excited to see where they go from here you know you saw Reek Woolen get banged up uh, DK got banged up and uh, I hope I hope that our uh, injury report is a little bit less this week although it's not looking like that because we have a bunch of guys just show up on the injury report suddenly you know, Maffei and Bush didn't play. Hopefully they're back this week. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the defense, we know the defense is going to give up yards, but if they're able to have turnovers like they did, they pick off off once, and then the first play of the second half, and he also gets the fumble, Seattle capitalizes. I think if they continue to do that, they'll be successful, and I was just really proud of the team effort. Um, moving on, we had the Colts and the Texans. This was... Um, you know, the first action between um, the rookies, I guess you could say. Like, well, rookie uh, Anthony Richardson and C.J. Yeah. Stroud. Uh, Richardson, you know, he had a couple touchdowns early, but then he got injured. So we really didn't get to see, like, what he was capable I'll, of. I'll say this. But I think he looks really, like, he knows yeah. what he's doing. He's poised. He's not panicking. Uh, you like to see him kind of take care of himself a bit more and not take those extra hits that he doesn't need to necessarily take, uh, although he was efficient when he ran the ball. Uh, hopefully he's healthy. I don't know exactly what the timeline for his injury is. I don't know how serious it is. Maybe you guys know. I believe it was a concussion. Okay. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. But. Yeah, so we'll see if he goes into protocol. and if That's one of those things that's very tricky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quarterback. But, yeah, we saw we saw the Colts. You know, I, I thought the Colts coming in this season would be – would be I, would be the best out of the three rookie you did, QBs. You did so say I, that. I did say that. You did say that. Yeah, and, I'll, and I'm I'm about to give you your credit. Yeah. I've um after like really have been watching the rookie quarterbacks in the first two weeks. Richardson and Stroud look like the two best thus far. I don't really even think it's close. Uh, Bryce Young went number one overall. Unfortunately, he's hurt. Yeah, um, he's not even playing. Hurt? I don't think yeah. he's hurt. Yeah, he is hurt. Bryce Young. 
Yeah, he's probably not playing this week against Seattle. Yeah, That's no, what I, I got from injury. reports. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so we're going to see that ankle. Yeah, he's been battling that ankle, and he's missed the last two weeks of practice. So unfortunately for Panthers fans, I'd rather play players too. You're going to see Andy Dalton, but. Anthony Richardson, the runner, is as good as advertised. Like, that's what you were going to always get. Off the bat, I can confidently say when healthy, when he gets back on the field, Anthony Richardson as a running threat is one of the best in football. It's not really close. What I've been presently surprised is how comfortable he's looked in that Shane Steichen offense. That's not something I expected to see this early. He looks comfortable, like you mentioned before. He looks poised, and he looks like a quarterback that knows what he's looking at. And for a guy that only played 13 games last year and before that, hasn't really started a lot of games at quarterback in college, to look like that early on, it's very encouraging. And if you're a Colts fan, that's exciting. Yeah, very much so. I think I might have been wrong about the Texans. What did you say? I said they get second. Like, I think... CJ Stroud has looked great, but the, t- the rest of the team hasn't. They yeah. just, the, the offense has been better than I thought it would be. The defense has been a lot worse than I thought it would be. Which yeah. is interesting because I, I, I thought that, it was going to be the opposite. Yeah, I think Stroud bounced back in this game, though. Like, 384 yards, uh, two touchdowns, that's no sly stat. Yeah, he looked and great. he's making Nico Collins look even better. So, uh, yeah, He's yeah. top 10 receiving yards in the league right now, obviously early. But, um, but yeah, and then moving on, we have... The Buccaneers and Bears, and the Baker Mayfield saga continues in Tampa Bay. I'm just really surprised that the NFC South is three teams are two and zero. Well, the reason uh, like for let's, that is let's, they have not played great teams. I know, but 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 still though, it's like it is. It's so, still, I don't, it's still I, crazy. Out of all the teams in that division that are two and zero, though, like the most surprising has been for me is Tampa yeah and the play of Baker Mayfield yeah he's just been solid he's getting the job done he's not doing Baker Mayfield bonehead plays he's not turning the ball over but that defense has been good to advertise and that defense the reason why I think I'm I was wrong about them and to Jack's credit he mentioned this the first podcast their defense is a little too good for them to be that when you have a good defense like that, you're going to always be in games, and if your offense is good enough, you're going to win. And that's exactly is what has been happening. Well, the thing that I kind of talked about during that was that, honestly, in comparison to 45-year-old Tom Brady, how much worse could Baker Mayfield actually be with what was around yeah. him? And as of right now, he been been at least the same. If not, maybe yeah. a little better. And I got to shout out my boy Mike. Mike does Mike things. 170 yards. Like, everyone was saying, oh, he's not going to get the 1,000-yard season because Baker Mayfield, blah, 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 blah. Well, there's, he's showing you guys that he's going to do you know, it. There's not so a lot of Mike guarantees. Evans is a dog. Yeah, there's not a lot of guarantees, statistical-wise, in NFL, but you know what you're going to get out of Mike Evans. You're going to get that 1,000-yard season. He just still, got one-fifth of that almost in a yeah, game. So and he's still, really, like, he's still really good yeah. at football. And that's really uh, encouraging to see if you're a Bucks fan for, like, trade purposes down the line because yeah he might have 1,000 by the time he gets traded to Kansas City <laughs> yeah and, and that only raises his price up there's his stock yeah it, because it's clear that they're moving on from him uh which look, might look like a bit of a mistake he still has a lot of well the thing there. is they're not going to move on from him if they're winning from yeah deadline time they're exactly. going to hold on him if the rest of the year yeah. to see what they can put together yeah, and but. potentially make the playoffs you know do something in the playoffs with him and then probably just let him go but, but yeah, the Buc- um, the Bucks have two of my favorite linebackers in the league, yeah. Evan White and Lamonte David. Yeah. Uh, that tandem is crazy. Uh, I also like Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean. Uh, like they're they got they got playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. But flipping over to the Bears, this is like 
concerning for Chicago. You know, they lose 12 straight going back to last season. And, you know, the media and whoever is just grilling Fields and the head coach and the players about everything. But, yeah, you know, I've seen some fans uh, on TikTok and wherever that are just basically done with the Justin Fields era and are basically just quit on the team. So, yeah, you know, you feel for a guy like that. Obviously, it's not the start that he wanted. But, yeah, there's not there's not too much to say. They're struggling. You know, they suck right now. And they're not getting help from the defense who's, you know, giving up whatever, whenever. They signed Tremaine Edmonds. And, you know, it's just not looking like they're doing much. Yeah, the Bears are not having a good time on the field or off the field right now. Uh Obviously, Justin Fields has not looked how I think any of us thought he would at all, really. Um, and I didn't think he was really going to be that great. But I didn't think it would be this bad. No. Uh, he clearly, he's just not processing things that he's seeing on the field. And he's not getting any help from the coaching staff at all. Let's, let's make that clear. He's not getting help from the coaching staff. But this is also still on Justin Fields. Yeah, like we saw a tape of him like just standing in the pocket. There's like open receivers, and he's choosing to scramble for like a two-yard sack. And one of the things that I, I've always like, I've always kind of felt like clips like that can be nitpicked really easily, but this is one of those times where I'm like, this is not a nitpick thing. This is something that Justin Fields is continuously doing, where he's looking one way, looking at his read, not making the throw. He doesn't. He can't be for whatever reason. Justin Fields doesn't like anticipation throws. He can't make them. He has to see the guy open to believe it. The guy that's out on you know on a ten yard out. He has to see him make the ten yard out and get open before yeah. he throws it. He can't throw it hoping and trusting his receiver to do it. And it's something that maybe in college it worked out for him. It's not something you can do in the NFL. The scrambling is great. His O-line isn't good enough to con- completely hold him behind there. And, listen, again, offensive coordinator Luke Getze, I mean, they threw a pick at the end of that game. It was 20-17. to 17, They get the ball backed up in their own end zone. They were on the same play three times in a row because there were penalties on the first two times. At that point in time, Levante David literally comes out and says, we knew what they were running. Shaq Barrett just, like, went backwards and, and picked it off because he knew exactly what was happening, what ball was being thrown, because it was the third time in a row they'd run it from the same exact formation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not a good process, and that's not even starting to mention what's going on with their D.C. right now, Alan Williams. We're not, we're not going to talk about it, but it's not good. Um, yeah. It's just not a good thing happening in Chicago right now. No, it's not. It's really, you know, unfortunate for Bears fans who, over the years... They've had their fair share of quarterback issues. Uh, <laughs> That's the, 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 the understatement I, the, of the century. You, you know, like their history. Like, yeah. this is a place where I feel like quarterbacks just go to die. I mean, the last quarterback to have any, like, long, like, a little Cutler. bit of sustained success, absolutely, uh, Jesse, is Jay Cutler. Like, and that's crazy to say, but, like, he might be the best in their history. Well, let's talk about the guy that they could have had if they oh boy. didn't yeah. want Mr. Trubisky. Yeah, you know? Yeah, they could have had, um, you know, Mr. Mahomes. Um, oh, my but, God. You know. That's still crazy to think about. To uh, be fair, that's team, actually moving into the next... The Niners could have done it, too. That's actually moving into the next game. Uh, the Chiefs and Jaguars. Mahomes got a lot more help from his receivers this week, uh, from Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. They were actually catching the ball when it was hitting them. I know it's crazy, but it happened. Uh, Jaguar, ha- Jaguar, the Jaguars have to be proud of their performance in this game, though. Uh, they kept, they held the Chiefs within check. Uh, Kelsey, four receptions, twenty-six yards. That's very manageable. Uh, they had, they definitely had a shot to win this game. You know, Trevor Lawrence couldn't find the end zone, but. 
Christian Kirk had a game. They connected really well, 11 receptions, 110 yards. And, yeah, I mean, this is what I was kind of expecting it to be a closer game. Uh, the Jags did, like I said, do a nice job of holding this Chiefs offense in check. And I think for Mahomes, he just continues his dominance. Uh, he's consistent. And I'm really not surprised. He's just an all, all-class world player. And, yeah. What do, what do you guys think? I didn't get to watch this game. I didn't. I don't really know much of what happened, but I am a little scared that the Chiefs' defense so far this year has allowed virtually 14 points against Detroit because one of those touchdowns was a pick six, mm-hmm. and now nine points against Jacksonville. Those are two good yeah, offenses. Yeah. And one of those games was without Chris Jones. The Chiefs' defense, they might not be that bad this year, and no. that's scary. Yeah. Um, they always seem Jack, good, though. Jack is actually correct, and that's the scary part. It seems like the Chiefs' offense hasn't really gotten to a groove yet, whereas their defense, Has. now they get back their dog and Chris Jones up front, and now they look like a very formidable defense, which begs the question, if this Chiefs' offense, specifically their wide receiver core, can become serviceable, and Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey do Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey as things, this is going to be a very good team. Yeah, we all know that we they're going to be fine offensively. Yeah. Kelsey's you know, Kelsey's still playing on the side for extended knees. They're going to be fine down in the long run offensively. But if this defense is going to play like how they have in the first two weeks, it's going to be a lot scarier than it was in the last couple of years even. Uh, moving on, Packers and Falcons. I didn't get to watch too much of this game, but, uh, you know, just looking at recaps and stats and everything, you know, Jordan Love, uh, he continues what he's been doing the first couple of weeks. Got three touchdowns. And the Packers, they lose this game by one point, but I think they have a lot to take away from it. They really, you know, could have started 2-0, the same as the Falcons. But Jordan Love was really surprising me. Uh, I didn't think he'd be that good this season, especially well, to start out. And I think I was he right. He surprised me. I think I was right in my evaluation of Jordan Love and what he is. is that he's not doing anything extraordinary, but he's not doing anything bad either. And he's going to do just enough to keep a team in a game that has a good defense, which the Packers do. The Unfortunately, the they gave me zero points in fantasy this week, but <laughs> we'll leave that. The issue for the Packers in this one was that B. John Robinson is an incredibly shifty and incredibly athletic, and that Falcons run game in general was going to give a lot of people yeah. problems. Yeah, no. And that's, yeah, you know like, what? It's going to happen. I yeah. think they. I think everyone needs to, like, just, you know, reeling in a little bit. You know, people saying that B. John's is the best running back needs to just... Like real Have you been watching? Just, just he's a little better than he's, he's, yeah. he's not. No, I agree, but no. he's up there. He's up there, but you I think, think we, need just, gotta, we need to just. I agree with let you. It, let we it gotta pump the brakes just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, on. I think I will say this though. He's really good. Through two weeks, he's as good as advertised. Yeah, and absolutely. he has given Arthur Smith like the running back of his dreams for that offense. I think it's kind of it's almost similar to CMC with with Kyle Shanahan. Is that when when a coach like Arthur Smith he likes going running back by committee? Shows so much trust in a running back, a singular running back. It shows you how good good they are. He was a rookie. Yeah, especially a rookie. How? Yeah, I mean, how does it feel like I? How does it feel to get like twenty carries per game, like as a rookie? Like it just that must be like it's it's what we expect because they don't have a quarterback. Thus far, like, but he's he's taking the load and he's running with it. Explosive, why he's very explosive, Um, smart player can catch out of the backfield. He reminds me a lot of rookie year Saquon Barkley through two weeks. Clearly the best player on the field when he steps on the field, specifically for a Falcons offense that has pretty good skill position players in Drake Lining Coppits, but they're all they're, you know, headed by a man who loves to run the football. And there's a reason why Arthur Smith wanted B. John Robinson. 
This is a player that elevates elevates exactly what he wants to do at that level. Yeah. Arthur Smith, the OC, had Derrick Henry. Right. Arthur Smith, the head coach, now that has to be John Robinson. Yeah, I think if the Falcons, depending on what their picks look like this year, uh, I don't know how high they are in the draft order, but if they can get even like a second or third round, you know, maybe sneaky quarterback. Which they can get this year. Definitely. I can see them being a real contender next season. Uh, if they can if they can pick up a guy this offseason, I think the defense explains itself. They get uh, Jesse Bates in the offseason. You got locked down AJ Terrell. No, they, uh, they they're they're a good team. Here's so. my only thing with them, okay? I agree with you. They need a quarterback. Yeah. Um, Ritter has looked fine the first two weeks. The way he's played has been enough for them to win games. It's not and, enough for them to win playoff, playoff games. games. But here's the thing, th- th- that's games. not probably in their mind right now. They yeah. just want to Stack good weeks, play good football, and surprise people in the NFL. Well, that's, that's what, what they've doing. done thus far. Yeah. Now, when you look at Ritter, I think Jack does make an appealing and good point. Maybe Ritter is not a good quarterback in general, but maybe he's a good quarterback just to command that run-heavy offense. It just make the right throws when he needs to, timely throws in their red zone when they can't, you know, move the ball down there with the running a game when they're, you know, getting you know loaded boxes. He just. Gets the job. If we get a full season of what we're currently seeing from Desmond Ritter, I don't think he's replaceable unless you're going out and getting... Especially if you're good enough where you don't have a top two. Yeah. 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 Now, if, if they have a chance, okay, we can go get Michael Penix or Shadur Sanders if he comes out or something like that, maybe they go ahead and do it. But I don't, I don't think he's replaceable with the way he's playing right now just by some guy that gets in the draft. Moving on to the Bills and the Raiders. Uh, Josh Allen bounces back and does what great players do. You know, they have a bad game, they come back right back the next game, and they ball, and that's exactly what he did. He doesn't turn the ball over, uh, leads that Bills offense, who looked very high-powered, uh, ended up with three touchdowns on the day. And I think this was a must-win game for the Bills. Uh, you know, that opening, opening week one loss to the Jets on Monday Night Football we talked about it. They definitely should have had that game in the bag. There's no reason why it should have went to overtime. They were up 13-3, to had full control, and then the wheels just kind of fell off the track there. So this was a must-win game for the Bills, and I think it really helped them establish confidence because uh, you saw in the post-game press conferences, Allen wasn't, was, wasn't looking like himself. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of just second-guessing uh, a lot of things. So I think this was really important for the Bills. And uh, they go they go back in the win column, and then you look on the reverse side. You know the Raiders. Yeah, it, it's hard to judge uh, Jimmy so far. Like I didn't watch too much of this game either, but it, it's been it's been okay. Uh, they've moved the ball at sometimes, but I mean, yeah, wow. I just seen this now. Josh Jacobs nine carries for negative two yards. Uh, not sure what's going on with that. I didn't watch him, but I mean, that's kind of you weird. look at the score. It seems like the game kind of got a little way, and they yeah, but I think I think they got away from. The, I mean, I still think, nine carries for nine, like that's not gonna get the job done. No, now apparently he had a good Especially day receiving. He got, he got paid though. Um, that's the problem. Yeah, he had five for fifty-one receiving, which for a running back is pretty good. I mean, you got Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. It's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Yeah, check down, check, check down. down I mean, this this is one of those games. This is it's, it's like I can relate every single Jimmy Garoppolo game to some 49ers game in those in the past five years. That's one of those games that they would have played in 2020 when Jimmy was healthy. I mean, the Dolphins game in 2020, the Niners played when their defense wasn't very good, which is what the Raiders have. It's it's the same type of thing, where Jimmy Garoppolo was just not very good. And he also, I mean, he didn't play very well. And then he gave Devontae Adams a complete hospital ball down 28. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was and that's that's the Jimmy special too. Is the hospital ball over the middle? It's just it's not. I don't. I'm never gonna. I don't. I don't think I'm ever gonna get the whole Raiders Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Yeah, I will talk about it every I, week. I hope Adams is okay and that he comes back. Uh, moving on, Chargers Titans. The Chargers might be the best team at losing that I've seen. They it just it doesn't matter what it is. You know, Brandon Staley. He he should honestly he should get an award for it. Uh, it doesn't matter what they do, they lose. But they look they look good. Uh, that's kind of just what the, the trend has been over the last while. Uh, they lose to the Titans 27-24 and 24 in overtime in a game where, like Miami, uh, they look pretty explosive on offense. Herbert throws for over 300 yards. But you just wonder, like, this defense that got all those free agents an offseason ago uh, it's just not coming together for them. And we talked about that before the season started, that they're historically bad on defense and scheme-wise and that it's not working out. So for it to just continue for another year, I just don't know how much longer this can go before there are some serious moves uh, via head coach, uh, defensive coordinator, whatever you might have. Yeah, I really, I don't really have a solution for what the Chargers have going on. Besides, I think Brandon Staley should have been fired about two eons ago, but we're past that now. We're, we're still at this point. Yeah, the Chargers, they, like we said, they managed to lose games. There's really not that much more to be said. They were without Austin Eckler in this one, which you know what, I'll give them that much, I guess. But when you have this defense of guys, that's just it's such an old defense of guys that are aging and they're just. I mean, the team in general is pretty old. Outside of, you know, your Justin Herberts of the world. It's just not really a recipe for winning. I don't know what the solution is. I really couldn't tell you. It's a weird situation. But. Yeah, I guess the roster and the stats are kind of misleading. Uh, you have one of the best safeties in the, t- in the game, Derwin James. And then Joey Bosa gets two sacks. Uh, he's really old, but I guess he's, he's, he's still doing his thing. <laughs> no, just, no. Just like his brother. He's still a very good player. And, and no. Yeah, and you look at the roster, like. How I I don't understand how they're that bad. Asante Samuel, I really like his game. Uh, J C Jackson got, br- got I know he got burned a lot. Uh, so they had to bench. Yeah, they had to bench him, yeah, but, he got benched against Miami. I mean, it's but just, they have a lot. They have an underrated, or not an underrated, an overrated defense because of the coaching. But it shouldn't be because of the roster. That's that's basically what it's come down to. And I'll say this: Kenneth Murray Jr. is also playing middle linebacker, and he's probably the worst starting middle linebacker in the league, and that's hurting them a lot. But I don't think there's really anything new to say about the Chargers after. Like, they just, just suck kind of just again. The same old thing. Like I said earlier, the Vikings—they're who we thought they were. Yeah. The stats back up who they thought they were. The head coach sucks. That backs up who we thought he was. And I agree with you, Jesse. This is the last point on on the uh, Chargers, and then we'll transfer. Uh, transform. Transform. <laughs> we'll uh, transition into the uh, Niners-Rams game. Roll out. The Chargers have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, bro. One of the premier talents in the league. And for them not to be able to win, it's really sad, man. Yeah. And it, you kind of hope his talents aren't being wasted there. Like, quarterbacks we've seen prior generations that have been good and have been on teams that just can't get over the hump. Like the last Chargers quarterback. Like the last Chargers quarterback, exactly. And you just hope that somebody has to be that guy. He doesn't turn into another Philip Rivers. Exactly. There's some good quarterback in every generation that we're going to say, Dan Marino, for example, got to the Super Bowl his first year and never got back. I just hope we're not looking at a premier talent like that that is going to have the same 
uh, career accolades-wise trajectory? Uh, moving on, at the 49ers and Rams, uh, I'll let Jack take the floor, but I just want to say that um, I was happy that the Niners won because I can't imagine seeing a world where the Rams went 2-0 and to start the season. So I'm happy that you guys won, but they did give you guys a run for your money a little bit. Yeah, it was an interesting game. First off, I'll say this. I was there. SoFi Stadium is ridiculous. It is everything it was advertised for. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, um, I didn't like what the Niners did defensively in the first half of this game. They played a lot of off coverage. And the Rams, obviously, I mean, they did it against Seattle. It was a lot of quick-hitting five-yard outs. They didn't throw it over the middle very often, especially against the Niners. And this off coverage kind of just allowed them to move down the field at whatever pace they wanted to. And they kind of switched it up a little bit in the second half, and that's why it was a lot easier defensively in the second half of the Niners. You got the Clint Hurd special. <laughs> but it was a lot of off coverage. It just it wasn't off. Co- there's a time and place for off coverage in situations. The Rams are playing an offense that is asking you to play off coverage and just let us keep on walking and keep on walking and keep on walking. And with that said, they weren't going to give up a big play. They didn't give up any big plays, but. It was a problem that it just you couldn't it couldn't stick to it as long as they did. I'll say this: the Brock Purdy probably had well, at least it was his worst regular season game as a Niner. I'd say the divisional game against Dallas was probably a little worse for him. But I mean, he he was fine. He didn't play badly, but he missed a couple open throws that could have made this game a lot easier for the Niners. I mean, he missed Brandon Ayuk on what should have been a touchdown on a double move slugout type route. I mean, badly, and he was wide open. He completely cooked the corner. There were a couple of other throws that he missed. He missed one to Juwan Jennings on a post route. He had a couple of throws that were, no, they were good, but they were behind guys. There were completions that worked, but they could have been definitely placed better. But at the same time, Brock Purdy did everything he really needed to. He processed things quickly. His footwork's great. He's doing everything and I asked him to yeah, do. Yeah, and I think that's what you know what you're going to get from him. Guy. Exactly. You're going to get a quarterback that's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's going to find the open man, and he's going to be... For the most part, a decisive quarterback and an efficient quarterback. The thing that was interesting, though, is that the misses were overthrows. Really? Which is why it was so interesting. He missed Ayuki, overthrew him by about five yards. He missed Joan Jennings on that post. It was too high. I mean, that's what you would want. What I really I mean, like, you don't want him underthrown. What I really like from Purdy's game, though, is his kind of sixth sense that he feels the pressure really yes. well. Yes. And not all quarterbacks yes. are like that. Especially for uh, a young sixth round, seventh we, round, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback. Even when we play, though, when like we, even when we play, you guys, we don't get a lot of pressure because our D-line sucks. <laughs> but when we do, he's able to, like, pick up the blitz really well and kind of maneuver his way around the pocket. Like, you were talking about his footwork. And, yeah, it just looks like he's not phased at all by anything that the defenses throw at him, even if he's overthrowing it. He's getting himself into a place where he can deliver the ball and not get hit. The thing with Brock Purdy is that he always knows where his check down is. If I, okay, I have these people blitzing me and they're not being blocked. First off, he's going to know most of the time when they're not being blocked. He's like, all right, this guy might come be coming at me unblocked. He knows where he needs to look when that's the case. He knows where he needs to be looking in certain situations. And it's something that Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't have. Jimmy Garoppolo, there, there was a play there where they had, it was a hot play where the, Chris McCaffrey's going around. This is courtesy of the QB school, so shout out him. Um, Chris McCaffrey's going around on a sling around outside, and there's two guys coming down to the right tackle, and they're just hoping both of them aren't blitzing. But if they are, the ball's going to Chris McCaffrey. And Brock Purdy recognized it super quickly. He didn't even get hit. Just threw it away. Just threw it out to CMC quickly. They got about six, seven yards. It's the simple things that Brock Purdy does better than what Jimmy Garoppolo and even Trey Lance in the time that he played could do. And that's all the Niners needed. 
He missed some throws. They could have easily put up 45 points in that game. But Brock Purdy just had a pretty, like, I mean, that was a stinker by Brock Purdy standards from what we've seen from him so far. It was not a, a super well quarterback game, but he did the easy things right. And they put up 30 points because that's how good the Niners offense really is right now. I mean, it helps when you have CMC in your Exactly. Helps they, you have they can do that. Yeah. Brock Purdy can have a game like that where he just does what he needs to do, and they can put up 30 points against a defense that isn't very good because of how good the rest of the team is. They, I mean, Brandon Ayuk got hurt early on, didn't do that much after the first quarter. But when you have the guys the Niners have, Brock Purdy continues to do the job just enough. Because I, I will say, that game was just enough. But... He can do more than that. We've seen him do more than that, Rams. which is why it didn't really worry me. Everyone betting on the on the 49ers covered the spread was pretty mad. Yeah, yeah that was, the, with the Rams late field goal with no no doubt yeah, left. That I, was, uh, that was I, funny. I kind of yelled that out at the stadium. I was like, "Damn, anyone who had the Niners spread kind of just low key got screwed." And that I got a couple chuckles in the crowd. I'm a comedian. We got the Giants at Cardinals. This was the game that Drew was at. Oh man, he'll break it down. Oh for man, us. so Jack uh, alluded to like two two seconds ago about bad defenses and how Brock Purdy can, you know, do just enough against those bad defenses and expose those bad defenses. Let me tell you about a bad defense. The New York football Giants, okay? <laughs> Josh Dobbs looked like the second coming of Randall Cunningham. I mean, the guy was, like, all over the place. I was at the game, and I'm sitting here like, bro, Josh Dobbs looks like a guy that is not surprised that he's doing this. And I'm, like, I was with my cousin, shout out Ryan. He, he's going to listen to this. Like, what is going on? Like, Wink wasn't blitzing a lot, which, like, I thought that would be the whole point because you got a quarterback like Josh Dobbs, you know, not good on paper, like, you know, send guys, you know? And for whatever reason, we kind of just sat there in zone for the first quarter and first quarter and a half of the game and just let Josh Dobbs pick us apart and roll out and find an open receiver. Like, he didn't really do anything special. And then finally, you know, adjustments were made, specifically offensively. I mean, both sides of football. It kind of looked like we weren't expecting the Cardinals to come out and be, Try. be an NFL team, <laughs> you know. But it, that's, it's the NFL. Like, any given Sunday is the slogan for a reason. Any given Sunday, a player that you have no idea or never heard of can go off. I mean, Puka Nakua was not rostered on any fantasy team three weeks ago, and now like, now he is. Now he's no, still somehow only 80%. I want to know what people are doing. Not watching football, clearly. So, He's crazy. Now, this is where the controversy kind of comes up for me, right? First half, couldn't do anything offensively. Come out second half, all of a sudden you see Brian Dayball with a play sheet, something we haven't seen since he's been our head coach, by the way. And he's talking, covering his mouth, which OCs do on the sideline when they're calling plays. Um, um, yeah, so <laughs> there is a bit of a... Um, uh, rumors of if maybe Brian Dayball to play calling duties because as soon as the second half came, the offense just looked like it was the second coming of like a, a great offense, like a formidable <laughs> offense. Like, like that. I, I was trying to think of an offense, I couldn't think of one. Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, no, not at, not like to that level. But it looked like an NFL. The offense. Second coming of the 2008 Patriots. Remember, remember, this is a team that didn't score points for six and a half quarters. Like. And then all of a sudden they have 31. So you tell me. Scoreboard watching that was pretty hilarious. Cause I, I, I looked at my dad and I'm like, hey, it's 20 nothing Cardinals. He's like, wow. I'm like, okay, yeah, no. And then I looked, oh, tw- that's 7. Oh, 14. Oh, 21. Okay, this is getting interesting. Oh, man, but what happened? Um, basically what happened, Brian Dayball said, you know what? 
Screw this. I'm going to do this. I, when I call plays, I'm probably one of the, if not the best play caller in football. And, uh, and you know, sh- okay. So we'll, we'll put Dave on too. I agree. Yeah, 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 that works. That works. You got it. Um, came out, scored 31 points. Daniel Jones. And Andy Reid does it first. Yeah, he does too. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, they haven't looked that good though. So, you know. Um, but anyways. But uh, well, how do you, f- uh, I mean, yeah, you must have been just... Emotion, it was an emotional, emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Twenty nothing to the Cardinals, like they're Look, bad. I, I was so looking on my phone. That's great that you guys I, were able to turn that around. Yeah. And this is what I'm concerned about, though. I thought our defense, specifically our defensive line, would be a lot better. Guys have just underachieved and underperformed. Kayvon Thibodeau underperformed. Williams. Leonard Williams has looked like, unfortunately, he started to aggress. Now this is a player. That is now getting up there now. Like it's hard to believe, but like Leonard Williams was drafted in what twenty fourteen? Was that something 20- like that? Like that's nine, ten years now. Yeah. For a defensive lineman, the wear and tear starts to come, and, and I'm a little afraid that maybe he's regressed a bit. Dexter Lawrence is still Dexter Lawrence, but it just feels like if we want to get win tonight, and we're about to pretty soon go into picks and predictions and things of that nature. This is going to be an interesting game tonight because yeah. not with our left tackle Saquon Barkley got hurt. Um, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what you, how you feel about that, Jack, about but, this game coming up. And what about we'll just some there. just some thoughts? I know we're, we're uh, kind of dragging on about the Giants yeah. here, but what are, just some thoughts about Barkley and his injury. Like, that, that sucks, obviously. It sucks because I'm watching the game, right, and Saquon busts off uh, a, nice, <laughs> a nice run to kind of get in field goal range. <laughs> <laughs> to get in the field goal range to kick the field goal yeah, in the game. Right. And I'm like, I'm hyped. I'm like, let's go. I look down on my phone for a second. I look up. Matt Breed is in the game. I'm like, this can't be good. <laughs> this can't be good. I go on Twitter. It's like, Saquon Barkley's being out evaluated for injury. I'm like, I'm literally here. Why do I not see this? <laughs> like, I'm, I got good seats. How did I miss this? How did I miss this? <laughs> One second. And unfortunately, it's a, a sprained ankle. Um, and this is not an injury that Saquon hasn't had. Now, I think, actually, let me correct myself, 2020, after coming off the injury, oh, yeah, 2021, 2021, he uh, came off the ACL injury and had a high ankle sprain, missed only, like, four weeks, which is crazy, but Saquon did not look like himself, and so I'm kind of worried that I hope, because of our schedule, we don't try to rush him back, because, of course, Saquon's going to want to play. He's going to say he's all right, and Saquon's one of those guys He's so good in practice, he can make it look like he's 80-90% when he may be only be 50-60%. Um, so coming into the short week, I knew we were probably not going to see him against you guys. But against you guys, I don't think him. we're going to see Specify who you're talking about there, because you're pointing, oh, yeah, you're yeah. pointing at me in terms of the Niners and then pointing yeah, at yeah, San Francisco. It's definitely um, disappointing. I, I mean, schedule, of oh, course, yeah. like I don't want to play Saquon Barkley, but... <laughs> I, that just goes with it. Like I mean, I of course was expecting him to to play. Obviously, right. that's what that's what gives you guys that kind of like edge, edge offensively. Because he's a game, to even he's, think he's about one of those winning. Players. Yeah. yeah, he's one of those players where if he's on, he can keep you in the game. Yeah, no business being in. He can have plays where you're like, wow, okay, this team might have a chance against a team like the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll see what his health looks like in the next couple of weeks. But we need Saquon Barkley back. And I think, and I think this puts more on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. how he responds is going to be really telling, and the, the, the play calling. You know, we talk about the play calling. Do you think Dable goes back tonight and starts the play calling? And, and that's again? what I'm curious about because Kafka got praised a lot last year, rightfully so, 
for how he made our offense look respectable. But clearly, NFL defenses have started to figure out what the Giants do well. And clearly, Kafka either couldn't adjust the first half versus Cardinals or wouldn't adjust, and Dayball had enough. So now you're going into a short week against probably the second-best defense in football. You know, the defense of the Cowboys right now looks pretty good. I agree. I agree with yeah. this. I agree. Yeah. But you saw what they did to us. So it's gonna be However, that might change with the game we're going to talk about right now. Yeah, as we because, just found out yeah. this morning that Trevon Diggs has an ACL tear for the season. That's a massive blow yeah. for this Cowboys yeah. team. And it just seems like the Cowboys just can't catch a break. Uh, 2020, you know, Dak breaks his leg or whatever he did with his leg uh, and was out for the season. And then, like this year, they start 2-0. The most dominant team, along with the 49ers, and then Trevon Diggs tears his ACL in practice. Like, it's just, man, I don't want to go a whole lot on a tangent, but these injuries are just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, I've watched football for over a decade, and I haven't seen it like this ever. And me and Jack were talking yesterday, and he was just saying it was mostly the running backs, but it's not. It's like, it's every position. Uh, it, it just feels like whether it's practice, game uh i've never seen the amount of injuries like even seattle's game uh montgomery goes down amon ross st brown goes down we don't know about their injury status we talked about bryce young and his ankle we got joe burrow we got a bunch of irs deontay johnson uh odell beckins with an injury uh we had uh, uh ravens tears acl who was um oh, oh Terry Dobbins, Terry Dobbins. Dobbins. Dobbins, thank you Dobbins. You know, first game out again. Like it just—it's like rapid fire. This injury bug is just hitting every single team. Yeah, no. It, it, it sucks it, to yeah. see as a fan when you when you wait that whole off season and you're hyping up the season and your team and you want to see all these players uh, do what they do best on a national stage and you have all these injuries. It just sucks, man. And it's to some of the most premier players in the league. Yeah, Nick Chubb. I yeah, mean, Nick Chubb. Two of just the two, two of ago. the arguably top like. Seven, eight running backs in the National Football League are done for. Chubb is done for the whole year, and you hope he comes back from that injury. He can come back at some point early next year, but that's probably not a guarantee the way it looked. I mean, that was an awful injury. Saquon, to a lesser extent, looks like now it's a high ankle sprain. You know, according to Saquon, told somebody it is now a high ankle sprain, which is a little bit more serious. Buda Baker's on IR. Like, you can make an argument, you know. No, they're not trying to win but, up here, over there. You know what I'm saying? But still, though, but it's yeah, like their look player. at the amount of IRs, and it's it's insane. I haven't seen anything like it. Uh, we looked at the Cowboys, or looking at the Cowboys. This was a decisive win over the Jets. Um, yeah, Dak Dak looked good against a really good defense in the Jets, albeit uh, he looked good against the Jets. Um, yeah, it's kind of the turn of the Jets. I mean, they're gonna stick with Zach Wilson, but it's not gonna get any better. Uh, they're just they're written off for the season, in my opinion. Uh, they're obviously going to try to stick with their guy and maybe, maybe you know, call someone up or I don't know, maybe do an in-season trade. Who knows? But they're obviously not trying to just get rid of him right away. They're going to ride the wave and see where it goes. Uh, it also doesn't help when Brees Hall has four carries for the entire game. I would have expected his workload with Zach Wilson to be way up. They uh, just to, went down so early. That yeah, it, you know, I know, but it's, even it's just, it's weird. yeah, it, but even when you're like down like that and you know the game's kind of out of reach, why are you still making Zach Wilson drop back and potentially get another injury? 
Uh, but yeah, the Cowboys look dominant, just like they did against the the Jets. They, you know, I'm not gonna say the word that comes to mind, but they they beat down uh, both New York teams pretty bad. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they, you know, the Cowboys look like they finally have the right collection of players, collection of coaches. It just seems like everything is kind of meshed into a team that looks very dangerous and unfortunately a team that does two weeks in the season look like a contender. Because I don't even think necessarily Dak Prescott has looked like this amazing quarterback that's lighting up the stat sheet. He just he doesn't have to. No. And when Dak doesn't have to make those plays like that, that also allows Dak not to throw those interceptions that Dak has been prone in the past to throw. So it looks like the Cowboys are in a good position to win a lot of football games and potentially maybe, 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 maybe get over that hump in the playoffs, but it's the Cowboys in the playoffs. It is the Cowboys, and it is a team that is not very strong at DT when the two teams that they're going to have to beat both have very, very, very good running games if they want to get over that hump. But, yeah, no, they, they look a lot better than I can remember them looking in a long time. Uh, moving on to the NFC East, the Commanders and Broncos. Uh, the NFC East is legit again. Just like they were last year, you got three teams two and zero, and your Giants are one and one. We talked about the Commanders. You guys were bigger on them than I was. Uh, keep in mind, they're two and zero. I think they, I was they, the only one who was big on the Commanders. Really? I said they were going to be scary if Howell was. Yeah, big. no, we okay. were you were right. Okay. right. Yeah. So I was all on Howell. Keep in mind, it is the Cardinals and the Broncos, but still, two wins is two wins in the National Football League, and what they got going on seems to be working. Uh, Brian Brian Robinson is getting getting. Uh, the tote load of the carries now, and he's balling. So they're they're doing well. Uh, as far as the Broncos, Russell Wilson looks like he's coming back to uh, the Seattle days. Uh, over the first three, half of football game. Yeah, over three over three <laughs> over three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Uh, we see that iconic Russell Wilson moon ball. Those are back, baby. I mean, it's nice to see as a Seahawks fan. Either way, that he's kind of come back to his form. Although the Broncos are 0-2, I think they'll pick things up. And not not much more to say on that. You know, the NFC East and South are just balling right now. Yeah, so we'll I see will if that say, continues. I think that Russell Wilson performance is a little, uh, what would be the word? Overstated? Yeah, a little bit. Just because yeah. it, it happened last week where he had about 50 passing yards in the second half of that game. The first week, I forget who they even played. Oh, uh, Raiders. Usually it's the other way around. Um, but... <laughs> This week, I mean, it, the numbers, it was about 40 passing yards until about five minutes left in the fourth quarter when that kind of fake comeback happened, and he got about 50 of them on that Hail Mary. Yeah. He didn't play badly necessarily, but it's just, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm a hater, but I'm not moving. Yeah, you're I don't hater. think, I, you're a hater on DeAndre Swift, and nobody happened. I, I, it's true. I don't, I've been hating on a lot of I people. Mean, Jack, I mean, Jack is more of the... I'm just a very critical uh, faithful Very critical, f- and, you know... There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I will say this. Russell Wilson... Sean Payton looks like a quarterback that looks more comfortable. With that being said, two weeks in a row, there's a correlation. First half, he balls out. Second half, defenses see what they Adjust. see, make adjustments, and he hasn't performed. It's, it's weird with now, Russ. that might not just be his fault. That might be coaching. You don't know. Yeah. But if it continues, that's going to be a narrative on us. I'm, used to, I'm used to Seattle, the opposite, where... The first half, he doesn't do much, and then the second half, he turns right. it on. So it's a bit different it's, to see it's, the other It's way a little around. weird, but yeah. it's good to see that he can still perform like a high-level quarterback in spurts. 
but you don't pay a quarterback that much money to perform well in spurts. He has to play well the whole 60 minutes. And then you talk about these Patriots, and wow, I haven't seen a team lose two games back-to-back that came down to inches. And, you know, the famous saying is football comes down to a game of inches, but it literally has for these New England Patriots the last two weeks. Uh, We talk about a game of inches with the catch that was ruled out, which he was inches outside of bounds, out of bounds, uh, in that first week against the Eagles. Outside of bounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, he gets that foot in. They they come out of that game 1-0 against the Eagles to start the season. It was a matter of, of inches, and it's the same thing against the Dolphins. Uh, that wacky play where the old lineman got it. I don't know what his name was. I forget. Uh, he comes down, and he gets that first down, and the Patriots put themselves like the week prior against Philly in a position to win the game with the final score or to at least to at least tie it. Uh, so yeah, they're they're legit. Um, Belichick always has a good defense, it seems like, and yeah, they are 0 two, but their record doesn't necessarily reflect how they've been able to come out of the second half of these games and really kind of pick up the tempo and the momentum and give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter to tie or go ahead uh, with with the game. Yeah, um, I will say this about New England. I'm very impressed and not surprised. Their defense is good. Like, Christian Gonzalez, by the way, looks through two weeks, really looks good. like what we probably thought he was going to be. Yeah. Jack and I touched on it. Belichick, all draft season long, we were like, all over yeah, Belichick has been able to use these mid-round picks on these cornerback prospects and they become serviceable slash good players at the cornerback position. For him to use a first-round pick on one, one that we all knew was talented, you could see it when you saw him watching the film. This is exactly what we expected from him, and not only has he played as good as I thought he would, he honestly looks like a steal. And He was a steal at the time, and he's a steal now. Um, Matthew Judon is Matthew Judon. <laughs> Offensively, though, you know, Matt Jones hasn't even necessarily looked bad. Um, they just are kind of losing these games in ways that they've kind of been losing games ever since Tom Brady has left. They compete, they're in these games, Mac Jones keeps them, their defense keeps them in these games, and yet they find a way to lose. And Bill Belichick, record without Tom Brady is now falling farther and farther below 500. The thing that I kind of see happening is that, okay, they just lost two close games to two very good teams. But I feel like the quality of the Patriots game is going to kind of compared to who they're playing against. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when they're playing a team that isn't as good as Miami, they're bad. Like oh, they, they play are, down. They play yeah. Down. yeah, yeah they're, they're, gonna, they're still going to play this type of game where it's going to be, oh, if they lose, it's going to be by the inch, just by the inch. And if they win, it's going to be like some really close type of thing. And, and, just and this is a good point because when I think of, like, Patriots primetime games ever since Brady has left, when they've had them, they've been in all of them. It's mm. not like they get blown out at yeah. all, really. But it's, it, either way... They're playing close games, whether it's with the really good teams or with the very bad teams or right in the middle, they're playing close games. Which is kind of reflecting on their roster right now, to be honest. Yeah. And then moving on to the Monday Night Games, Saints and Panthers. uh, Not much to take away from this one. Uh, Derek Carr didn't play great at all, but yet the Saints found a way to win and start the season off 2-0. They'll really be hoping for a big... Boost when Alvin Kamara gets back in the yeah. lineups and in a couple one more weeks, week, right? yeah, one more week. Um, Olave's balling like he did last year, so they'll 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 be ready for AK to come back and kind of rejuvenate that offense. 
Uh, not to say that Taysom Hill hasn't been serviceable in the running back position because he's a Swiss Army knife. You can put him anywhere and he'll do well, it seems like. Um, and then, yeah, the Panthers, we already talked about Bryce Young and his early season struggles. It just looks like it's not all coming together and it's not maybe what it, what it envisioned to, to be for him. Um, maybe it's too fast, uh, but you could say that about any, any rookie coming into the season. But I, it's not like he has much help on that offense either. Um, yeah, there's just not a lot of firepower there. Uh, then you look at the Steelers and Browns. Obviously, that gruesome injury with Nick Chubb. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Maybe, he, had that, he had that same injury in yeah, college with yeah. Georgia. Uh, it's just brutal. It's one of those things You don't want to see it. No. And I've never been a fan. I know like it's a penalty now to hit low. I've never been a fan of like hits like that. Um, sure, it looks nice when you like deck a guy and he goes head over heels and does like a flip, but it, it's really dangerous and uh, can destroy someone's career. And we watched that, and they didn't even show the replay because of how gruesome it is. So, yeah, it sucks. I feel like he's the Browns' best chance of winning games. And now that he's gone, I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna be serviceable uh, without without him. So. It definitely is tough for Browns fans, I'm sure, uh, seeing him go down. I hope he comes back, man, because yeah. he's one of my favorite players. Mine and too. Especially because the Browns just historically suck. Uh, seeing someone who just comes into that place and it doesn't matter, he's just consistent and does what he does. So, uh, yeah, uh, TJ Watt continues his dominance, though. You could argue that, I mean, I think he's making a campaign already for Defensive Player of the Year. He gets, what is it, uh, I mean, another sack, forced fumble recovery for a touchdown. Him and Micah Parsons are really the two candidates that are standing yeah. out right now. Exactly. Early I, in the we're talking about that uh, I, I like TJ over Micah so far. Yeah, you, could ar- you could argue either way, but I like TJ. Uh, I know we'll play him later on during the season. I'm not looking forward to that, by the Nobody way. Nobody should be. <laughs> but, yeah, he looks like a dog. Uh, you saw J.J. Watt, his brother, tweet out uh, whatever about and defense player. player yeah. yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that that kind of wraps up week two. Uh, There's a lot of injuries like we talked about, some which we didn't even get into because it's just way too long of a rap sheet. Um, but something that we forgot to do last week that we're going to start to do is give our picks for the upcoming week. And we got week three of 18, by the way. Uh, if anyone didn't know that. Thank you for specifying. Yeah, so week three coming up. We have New York Giants going in. To the 49ers in about half an hour. Uh, I'm sorry. True. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sorry. No, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> I got the 49ers. I'm, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I also like, have the Niners. Yeah, I just, I really want the Giants to win. I really Obviously, do. I know you don't want them to win. Yeah, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't see a world where the look, Giants come look, in and look, win. Look, look, look. This is what I'll say. I don't know what the record it's, is at Levi Stadium. It's been a while since I've been there. Yeah. Last time we were there, we lost. So. I think it was 2017, 2016 was the last time. No, we no, no, because we came to y'all. That no, it was, it was I remember seven, 17, or was it, was it 17 was the year Marquis Gilbert had that 75-yard yeah. touchdown, and that was our first win of the year. In like week nine or week and ten. I think we played y'all the year after. Yeah, I think it was the year after was 2018, and then 2020 was MetLife. But going back, I just think it'll take an astronomical <laughs> string of events 
for the Giants to win this game. You're talking about not only not only our case, not only will you need some luck on all sides of the ball, but okay, okay, tell it out. All right, no, I'm gonna. I'm serious though, because you're going up against this defense and this offense, and. It's it's probably gonna be the same when we play them. To be honest with you, I'm not gonna be okay. expecting to beat them. So I'm not bashing you guys down. I want you guys to win. I just don't see it happening. Okay. The Niners. Respect right. for the Giants, by the way. The San Francisco 49ers are, in my opinion, two weeks in the second best team in the National Football League. I don't think there's any debate, right? Other than you, you probably think the offense ball wins. But anyways, they are better at just about everything. <laughs> With us, as you said, we need what? What'd you say, Jesse? We need what on all sides of the football? Luck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We need luck, people. Look. Um, this game is going to test my patience a lot because I know there are going to be certain points of this game I'm going to be asking myself, what am I watching? Because matchup-wise, we do not match up well with the 49ers on all facets of football. Like, no Saquon Barkley sucks. No Andrew Thomas is a problem. Evan Neal on Nick Bosa, help that man. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> help him. Put a tight end over there. I wish there, there was a way you could put two tight ends over there. Like, we like we don't, the stars of the 49ers, and, you know, I mean, Brandon Ayuk being out really doesn't do much for us because, like, you know, Ebo Samuel's there. Juan Jennings, would you say what you want about him? He matches well against teams like Giants and does well against a team like Giants. Look, with that, I said all this to say, I'm taking the Giants. I'm never not going to take the Giants. But respect. I this is what I if we don't win, this is what I want. I don't want forty nothing. Let's score some points. Let's keep you know maybe just keep, just a little fake comeback maybe, I or you know keep it respectable, be competitive, muck the, the game up. But I you know. Unbiased Andrew doesn't expect to win this game. Hopeful, the Lulu Andrew hopes we win this game. I think you just got to compete if you're the Giants. Exactly. You just got to. You're underhand. You got anyway. to put forth the effort, and it doesn't matter that you might be outmatched. At the end of the day, your job as a professional athlete is just to go out there, to go out and do your best, no matter the odds or injuries or players or whoever's around you. You have to just do your job. You know, you're getting paid. You have all these eyes on you. So just for the Giants, just to compete. And do do the best that they can. That's all they can ask for. All right. I don't really have any thoughts on that one. I think I think I want to go pretty rapid fire here for these game picks. Yeah. We gotta all right. Out here. All right. Yeah. yeah. So Falcons Lions. I got Lions at home. Yep. Lions. Uh, Lions. I'm going Atlanta. I'm oh, convinced. Right. He always has to be different. No, <laughs> no I'm convinced. I'm okay. convinced. Uh, Chargers Vikings. I got the Vikings. Got Chargers. The, you suck. I got the Chargers. I got, I got the Chargers as well. I got the Chargers. No. Uh, I just think that's a game between two of the same teams. It's, <laughs> really, really, it's really hilarious that this game, this one out of four-year game is happening on this day that we're talking about that comparison. But yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Saints-Packers, I, I got the Packers. Uh, nothing from Derek Carr impressed me last week, and I think Jordan Love's going to continue what he's doing, and he's at home again. So. Yeah. Or he's at home. Uh, I'm taking the Packers as well. I like Green Bay. Okay. Next, uh, next Texans and Jaguars. Uh, I actually, I got the Texans in a little bit of an upset here. Really? Yeah. All right, um, Jesse going big. You don't want me indifferent now. Yeah, I know, I know, but something about Trevor Lawrence just doesn't really impress me, like, kind of, really ever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what is that, Jesse? Uh, what is it about? Jesse okay. is not moved by Trevor Lawrence. No, I'm just really not, like, 
I will maybe talk about that in a different interview or podcast. <laughs> but okay, it's not nothing. But I just think that he's a little bit overhyped. That the substance isn't there for what he was suspected to be. And I get that it's the, it's the Chiefs, but like not finding the end zone and only putting up nine nine points. Uh, I think that was pretty lackluster, especially for the offense that they have. And so, yeah, I'm taking the Texans and C.J. Stroud. Personally, I have the Jaguars. Yes, me too. Okay. Next. Okay. Broncos, <laughs> Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. Dolphins. Who is dominant? Easy, no yeah. Browns, Titans. I have the Browns. <sighs> I think I picked the Titans in my pick em, so I'm rolling okay. Titans. I got Cleveland. Yeah, I think at home they, they just take it. Cleveland's also one of those teams. They can throw any running back in there and get enough success out of it. They're not going to make sure. Tannehill's so They're going to have success. And Jerome Ford didn't look bad. Tannehill's so bad, though. Yeah, he uh, Bills he and, better, though. Bills and Commanders. I got the Bills. Not much to I say thought here. About this. I thought about this for a minute. Let me, let me, I, I got to look who I picked, I honestly. Think about it. I thought about it. I had a serious thought process for about 30 seconds about this game. <laughs> I went Buffalo, though. Colts Ravens Lamar is balling efficient looked efficient looks good looked like he's getting comfortable we're going with the Ravens I got I got Pats on the road against the Jets quick and easy I do as well I think I do man just go off the top (laughs) you don't have to go for your picks (laughs) he's Uh, trying to stay true to his pick I respect it okay I I mean I respect it fair enough Panthers Seahawks I got Seattle I must say yeah um Bears, Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. <laughs> I got the one that has Patrick Mahomes yeah. on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys, Cardinals. This is interesting. No, it's not. No, it's uh, not. Cowboys. Cowboys are going <laughs> to win the game by the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, Raiders, Steelers. I got the Steelers. I think their defense and Kenny Pickett is going to do the job. I agree. Bucks, Eagles. Ooh, this is interesting. I could see a world where the Bucks win this. Me too. But I'm well, going to go with the Eagles. people have Tampa Bay on ESPN. I'm gonna go with the Eagles, but I can see where with Buck where the Bucks win this. I won't be surprised if they do at home. I agree. I got uh, Rams, Bengals. Uh, I think depends on the availability. Of Joe I'm gonna Burrow. go. Yeah, I agree with and that. It look like he's if Joe, yeah, so. I I think I'm gonna go with the Rams actually because yeah, you're right. Like we don't know yet, but he's probably Jake not Browning play, is not so. getting the job done probably. Yeah, yeah, I went Rams. Yeah, I'm going Rams too. I I think I said this even during the game against Seattle, and then I said this again. I was like, all right, I'm now definitely convinced after the game against the Niners. I'm pretty convinced that the Rams are a legit competitive team. Now I'm not saying they're a legit contender, a legit playoff team. But they're way they're a legit better than everybody thought. Competitive they were. team that's going to compete every game, and they're going to be close to pretty much anybody they play. And they got Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford. It's hard like. to be bad when you have as good of a coach as the Rams have and as good of a quarterback yeah. as the Rams have. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up the week two recap. We'll be back next week for week three. We'll see how our picks did, see how the games turn out. And, yeah, once again, this is just awesome for us to be able to do this. Yep. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And have a good one. Peace. Go Giants.